The following audio is from Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. Let's start this this, this morning. Uh, what I'd like to do is continue on what we've been talking about. Just give you a quick review from several weeks ago. And then continue to talk about discipline instruction. It's one of those big things that we, we deal with as parents. Um, so let me just review from last week quickly. Um, we talked about unbiblical discipline. And uh, unbiblical discipline depends excessively on controlling the child, right? Um, there is no instruction. It's just control, 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 whether you do it physically, if you do it emotionally, if you manipulate them, um, it's unbiblical. Unbiblical discipline, discipline in uncontrolled anger. And a good thing was said a few weeks ago, you will be angry at times with your children when they do wrong and they sin. Um, you can't be out of control. If you're out of control, you're in trouble. And so it's unbiblical. Um, he that is soon angry deals foolishly. And, and, and we find that you have evidence of that in your own life dealing with your kids. When you're out of control, you do and say things that are ungodly. Don't do it. It's unbiblical. Um, unbiblical discipline is just because the child is an inconvenient. Um, you've told them umpteen times, and now you're really aggravated, so you discipline them. That's unbiblical, all right? Um, unbiblical uh, discipline, um, disciplines without balancing encouragement. We'll talk more about that today, but you've got to find them doing something good. Um, unbiblical discipline is unstructured. We have too many homes that there's no structure. There's, there's, no, there's no boundaries. There's no guidelines. It's not healthy for anyone, not healthy for your children. It's just not a good thing. And then unbiblical discipline neglects timely discipline. You've got to do it uh, early. You have to do it consistently. All right, so that was what we talked about several weeks ago. Now, this morning, I want to talk about, uh, continue that line, and just give us some, some now some, um, some things to consider in our own lives as far as parents. But before we get there, a question was asked a couple weeks ago um, from Dan that I have been thinking about ever since he asked it. It was about this idea of, of um, as we discipline our children, how do, we, how do we make sure that they're not getting this, this um, performance-based idea about religion in general uh, as we're, we're training them and trying to teach them the gospel? It's a great question, and it's a question that causes me to think about my own kids, how we've raised them as well. And I think early on in our, our lives with our first two, especially AJ, it was a lot of performance-based. We were, we were in a situation where your kids were um, supposed to just be cookie cutter. Everyone was supposed to dress right dress. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Um, and, and that's the truth. Um, and, and that's not all that healthy. But the other thing, as I thought about that question, because he, he was specifically talking about younger children, is this. Um, certainly, if to teach our children the gospel, they should know the gospel. But early on, the foundation is always obedience. That, that has to be the first thing. And so, um, and, and maybe we have older folks here now who have raised their kids, maybe just a couple younger families, but the truth is when they're younger, I wouldn't worry so much about them understanding the gospel because they're not. They're going to get that. They have to understand obedience and, and just strictly obeying. Obedience is a foundation. In the Garden of Eden, it was a foundation. God said, if you love me, obey what I tell you to do. Don't eat that tree. Just don't eat it. Just obey me. That obedience was a sign of love. Um, and commitment to God. And so I would say with that question, because I've been thinking about it quite a bit, because it is important. We have to be careful. I think when they're, they, they're younger, it's strictly obedience. But as they get older, we do start sharing the gospel, and, and those things all come back to play. So I don't know why I thought about that so much, Dan, but it was a great question. Um, 
But obedience is the foundation for everything. Listen, uh, because if, 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 if they don't understand obedience early on, that you're the authority and they respect that authority and listen to that authority, then there is no obedience anywhere else. When they get to school, they don't care about their teacher. Why should they listen to them? Or Sunday school, for that matter. Um, uh, for the law, for government, for, for any of those things. And so we have to make sure that the basis, I, I think, is always obedience. <clears throat> obedience isn't a bad thing. And the truth is you can't reason with a two- or three-year-old. Just do what I tell you to do. And, and that has to be tempered, of course, with love and, and mercy and patience. But I, I think the gospel part of that is as they get older, then they see those issues come to light, and, and we make those connections, and they make those connections. Anson? <clears throat> that brings this question up to my mind, and I kind of looked at both sides of it. You know, we have our young children, and we say, uh, make sure you pray before your meal, and the child's not even saved. <clears throat> right. So he's not talking to God, but right. he is praying for his meal. Mm-hmm. We say, bring your Bible to church, but he's not saved. And he's not bringing the Bible to church because he wants to bring his Bible mm-hmm. to church. <clears throat> and so, would you put those kind of things in, well, just be obedient to me category? And then, again, are you enforcing this idea that, well, if you just get all these things, your ducks in a row, then you're going to have a good religion? Yeah, it's, it, 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 it all goes in line. I, I hear what you're saying. But, but my mother-in-law made the same the other day about, you know, we don't want to raise... Um, moral pagans, but at the same time, we don't want to raise immoral pagans as well. And so there is part of this instruction. And I would say to you this, I I think more important than any of the, I mean, you do what I tell you to do because I told you to do it kind of thing, right? But the truth is, as our children see our lives and how we interact with the gospel ourselves, and as we have opportunities to give them instruction and talk with them and to know our kids better, we're going to talk more about that today, but um, a, a lot of what we're talking about as far as Yes, religion and relationship, and we've had this discussion before. Religion isn't always a bad thing. We do religious things. Um, I know what you're saying when you, when you say that. Um, but as we interact with our children, as they see our lives, and as they see how we interact with the gospel, um, that helps them later on in life make those connections on why we were doing what we're doing. Those things begin to make sense now. Uh, they may not get why I bring the Bible or why I listen in church or all those things, but as they get older and they have that foundation already of just sitting and listening and doing those things because they were told to, um, I think we build on that. I think we use it as a foundation. I think we always have to be careful, and, and for a lot of us in this room, we, we've come from backgrounds that have been very legalistic, and so that worries us, but, but the problem sometimes is this. The pendulum then swings the other way, and we ignore all these things, and that's problematic too. Um, it's interesting. This is just extra, but you'll notice that, that guys right now who are the movers and shakers in, in, in evangelicalism, um, many of them have come from fundamental homes. Um, and, and, and they hate it and despise what's happening, but, but if they're not careful, they go the other way, and they become hardcore legalist fundamentalists in a different kind of way. It's really bizarre to see it happen, but it happens all the time. And so I think there's a balance there. I don't think we can throw those things out. We have to balance that. Leslie? I think whether kids understand or not, they're never too young to just learn good habits. Absolutely. You know, like Absolutely. Bringing your Bible to church in every day. I fight every day with mine. No, it's just a good habit. Right. And then that way, when they are growing up or they get saved, bringing the Bible to church or you know knowing the songs or whatever isn't such a hard transition. They just naturally grow into it. And they add the relationship part of that then which is, is a good thing. And I, and, I, and I think that's a great point because even with our kids, um, I, I know, I, I think, 
I think my kids were saved at a young age. Greg had some struggles later on in his teen years that he wasn't sure, but he was having his devotions when he was, I don't know, eight or nine doing something. Was he saved? I don't know, but it was a good habit for him to, to in the morning just to do that. So I, I think part, part of this is really understanding what it means to parent your kids, knowing them and understanding them and knowing where they're at and what they need at the time. But good habits are never a bad thing, right? Because we would do that with anything. I mean, here are these parents who are crazy about hockey, and their kid at the age of two, you know, they're on skates already, and they're going to do those things, whether they understand the concept that their dad is trying to live vicariously through them and hopefully get them in the NHL, right, whatever that is, but they're still doing those things, so it's habitual. When I was 25, I got <clears throat> saved. Before then, I memorized more scripture than I have memorized since then because I was just able to when I was young, and it mm-hmm. was required of me when I was young. And my parents, you know, encouraged that, and so did my Sunday school teachers and everything. <coughs> I wasn't saved until I was 25. So I am so thankful for what I learned before I was mm-hmm. saved. And then, Mom, after salvation, those things made sense. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And so th- that's a good point as well. So. So be careful. I mean, and, and it's all a balancing act. It really is. There are no really black and white answers on a lot of these things. That's why parenting, it, it's, a, it's an art, um, and it's a skill, and we need God's help with it. Okay? So I hope that helps. Yeah? I know uh, Mom was saying that we got saved we were like 25 now, and the kids saw a change in our lives. And uh, another fellow, a member of Farley, mm-hmm. well, he got saved at the same time and his kids were a little bit older but he went <laughs> the kids weren't allowed to watch tv they weren't allowed to listen to music he went in that one boy's room smashed all his tapes you know cds and rock and roll and stuff like that <laughs> and mike from that day on his son wanted nothing none of their kids today none of their kids we right. to, if we're going to do something have <clears throat> standards in our family and habits they got to make sense you know mm-hmm. and they got to be in in the right uh, Degraded, right, and your spirit, spirit's very important too, as well as that. That's exactly right. Your, your kids are watching you. Yeah, and Mr. Foley was a great guy. He just, mm-hmm. you know, he thought, well, this is sin, and we're not going to have it. And, you know, instead of teaching was, the kids and explaining them to you. He didn't explain it. It was so, no, that's it. We're not doing it. And so they, they didn't understand. They just knew their dad changed, but it was so bizarre to them. They had no idea what was Right. And they were all older. They're all their teenage years, which is a big transition. We've lived this way for 13 years, and now all of a sudden you're breaking our CDs and stuff. And with my parents getting saved at 25, they started – I mean, we didn't go to church much before that. I mean, not much at all. Um, but they started – I mean, it's almost like they started introducing us to Jesus and the gospel, just like we do when we have little children. I mean, you know, like right. they would tell the Bible stories, and we started to understand the Bible stories. We understood we were sinners, and it, and it all clicked. And that's the same way with your kids. I mean, you know your kids better than anybody else. And, I mean, it starts out teaching them Bible stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, and even praying, like, who – we're thanking God, our Creator, for this food we're eating. Right. Thankful heart. And so, I mean, it's just it, you kind of know your kids. Right, and we'll talk more about that because you and you have to know their them. You have to know what age they're at, what they understand, and how to best help them. So let's move through this. Those are all great. I appreciate what's been said. This is now my idea behind today, and this quick few minutes that we have is is to really evaluate ourselves now as we think about how we discipline our children, what we're doing in our homes. And so, some questions. Uh, letter A is this. Uh, where does your discipline tend to be unbiblical? Unbiblical. Determine the root causes of your responses and select scriptures to meditate on uh, and to change those unbiblical ways of thinking. And what I'm thinking about here is this. As, as we go through these classes, we go through instruction, you talk to other people and other believers. Um, parenting is not just about the kid. 
But parenting really is part of our sanctification process as well. That God is teaching us things about ourselves, And so we ought to step back periodically and say, okay, wait a minute. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? And where am I doing some things that are unbiblical? Right? You should look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 and 5 about love and say, wait a minute. Are, are the things that I'm doing with my kids, is this loving to them? Or Philippians chapter 2, verses you know, 3 and 4 that talk about, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, in, in love, honor, preferring one another, and, and all these things. We've got to evaluate ourselves. Um, and for too many of us, we never step back and see what we're doing. We, we get this tunnel vision. It's not a good thing. Raising our kids is one of the best ways for you to be sanctified, if you're honest. Okay? And this was brought up earlier. Um, in this sanctification process, it's good for our kids to see us growing. It's good for our, our kids to say, wait a minute, we were doing this, we looked at the Word of God, and now this, this is not the best way to do it. Let's change these things. They need to see that. We need to be honest with them as well. So I would encourage all of us, and I'm saying this now as a parent who has a 22-year-old, soon to be a 20-year-old, and, a, and a, almost a 14-year-old. Kim and I still have to sit back and say, wait a minute, what are we doing? Is this right? Is this the best thing? Do we have a biblical mindset? Listen to me. We are all bombarded by the world, more than you think, man. We, we are given messages over and over again, and we have to go back to the Word of God and say, wait a minute, is the way I'm living my life, is it biblical? And so we need to, to make sure that we understand that, okay? Letter B, uh, do we correct based on personal preference, or do we draw attention to biblical principles? And the idea here is, when the kid's yelling and screaming, do we just tell them to shut up because we want quiet, or do we try to expose their hearts? And say, okay, wait, what's going on here? You know, James chapter 4, where do these, this strife and this envy come from? It comes from your heart. And, and this is why it's so important for all of us. You as a parent, and as a believer, you need to know the Word of God. You have to know how to handle the Word of God. You have to know how to take the Word of God and apply it to the situation in your child's life. Um, that is, and, and, and for too many of us, we think that that's the job of junior church or the youth department or, or church in general, that we bring our kids here and the church does their job. Wrong. It's wrong. You can't read Deuteronomy chapter 6 and come up with that idea. God says to fathers and mothers, you train them, you instruct them when you sit down to eat, when you're in the way, when you go to bed. I mean, you take opportunity to take the word of God, and he says it's got to be in your heart first. Okay? So, so make sure that we, we understand. I'm not just doing this because you aggravated me, but I really want to seek to know my child. Um, we're not living for the moment, or we ought not be. We ought to be living for the big picture. Our kids can learn lessons now that are going to save them years and years of mistakes if we do it right. And if you ignore it and think it's no big deal, you'll be raising your kids to your 60. Really raising your, I mean, they'll sit on your sofa eating chips, and, right? Because um, you're not teaching them how to live the right kind of life, a godly life, a life of purpose, all right? Uh, letter C, and let's look at some verses because these are really powerful verses. Um, of course, Proverbs is a great book for, for just wisdom. But let's look at... Uh, let me give these verses out so we can just hit them as we go. Can someone take Proverbs 12.25? Joanne, you've already opened your Bible. 12.25. Um, let me see what the next one is. Uh, what's that? Is that what it is? Oh, no, before that is uh, 23, 19, and 21. Right above that. That's okay. Can someone take 23, 19 through 21? Someone there. Eric, thank you. And then Proverbs 25.16. Someone take that one. Mom, I'll give that to you. Anson, if you can take Proverbs 10, 19. And then Proverbs 18, 13. Someone got that one. Justin, thank you. 19, 2. Thank you, Kim. And then two more. Proverbs 16, 32. Someone have that one. Again, Joanne. And 25, 28. Thank you, Travis. Okay, so 
as we make our way through, um, look for opportunities to encourage your children. Um, Proverbs 12, 25. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. Listen to the power. Heavy, those words can make our children and us stoop, right? Words are powerful, man. And you got to be careful. And, and listen, we all say and do things in the frustration. we got to look for ways to encourage our children. And, and I'm not saying just pump them up with all kinds of nonsense and, and that there's somebody that they're not, and you tell them how great they are. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about honestly knowing your kids and encouraging them. Listen, you more than anybody else should be able to look at your kids and know what their gifting is, where God has gifted them. They have a kind, sweet disposition. They're giving. They're gentle. They have talents. They're musically equipped or whatever. And you should be able then to take them and direct them and encourage them in those areas. You should do that. The power of encouraging your children. Listen, and you can't start too young on this. Your kid's two years old and he picks something up or he shares something. You should tell them, hey, great job. I saw you do that. I noticed that. Words are powerful. And, and when we have heavy words in our life, they make us stoop. For some of us, there are words that have been said from our childhood that we still know. We still, we still hear them in our heads. Okay? And so <clears throat> we need to look for ways to encourage our kids. And again, you understand what I'm saying. <clears throat> Too many parents, they act like their kids, you know, they're, the, they're fantastic. They don't do anything. I'm not talking about that. That's ignorant. That's not knowing the gospel, that they're sinners. But looking at their gifts and trying to encourage them. Okay? So evaluate, uh, look for opportunities to encourage your children. Letter D. Evaluate your child's self-control in various areas of life, okay? And this is something that we all need to do with our kids. Um, some questions to ask as you think about your own children. Will he or she stop um, playing or roughhousing when you say that's enough? Okay? When you're dealing with your kids and, and, and they're messing around or they're aggravating you or David keeps on you know, flicking me in the head with something and I finally say, listen, that's enough, stop. Do they stop, right? Do they have enough control to say, okay, I need to stop now. And again, this is for different ages at various times in their life. You know, if they're younger, it's different. But as they grow older, we need to help them develop self-control in their life. It's the key to, to really godly, successful living, self-control. So uh, check them out. When you're talking to your kids, you say, okay, that's enough. Do they stop? Or do you, do you say that 1,500 times? Are you the family in Walmart? This is next, you know, if you don't stop it, you're going to be in trouble. And, and for the next 22 aisles, you hear that statement. It ought not be that way, all right? Evaluate your, your child's self-control in various areas. The next one is, do they control their appetites and desires, or do they need your limits? So let's look at Proverbs 23, 19 to 21, and then 25, 16. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Be not among wine-givers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall... Clothe a man with rags. That's a powerful verse, man. Okay? It's about self-control. As you watch your kids, right, and you, and you see what they're doing, listen, watch their habits. Watch how they control. Can they control themselves or do they need your help? And when they're younger, they obviously need your help. As they get older, you should be watching. Say, okay, listen, this is an area that's problematic. If the kid at 15 years old is always the first one in line to get food and grab a cake, right, there's an issue there. You've got to deal with that. Uh, my wife and I go back to this over and over again with our own kids. One of the greatest lessons she ever learned in her life was it's just cake. When there was two pieces of cake for her and her sister, and, and, and naturally we all want the biggest piece of cake, right? And she, she realized at that moment it's just cake. I don't need that. It revolutionized her life. It, it did, right? A piece of cake. Um, and we did watch it for our kids. Because if you don't, listen to me, if we don't help them control their flesh, 
Those verses about a glutton and a wine-bibber and a, a sloth, right? Look around, man. That's what we're raising today. Eric? I like the word lies there, and I've just recently noticed um, in my own studies the power of that word wisdom. Mm -hmm. I've always known about it, I'm learning more still. But now I'm applying it to my children where I, I've seen myself instruct them, mm -hmm. use reason and logic, <coughs> but I'm transitioning away from that especially with my older one, where she's closer to just hitting the world mm -hmm. on her own. And I'm transitioning to prayer and wisdom. Mm -hmm. you gotta, you got to do this because you're hearing God's voice. You're right. hearing wisdom from God. Not, not, not instruction, mm -hmm. not from a book, mm -hmm. not intelligence, just wisdom from God. Right. And, when, and that's really what I'm focusing on more recently. And then when they're on their own, they can continue on their own. That's right. And that's what our goal is. Our goal is to help our children be able to live a wise, godly life without us. But the process is you have them for 18 or so years. You've got to help them, man. And don't be afraid to help them. If, if you're seeing these issues where there's a lack of control in their life, then deal with it. I mean, deal with it now because if you don't, you're going you're gonna to hamper your child from learning the lessons of self-control that can help them in life. I'm telling you, you see it all the time. There are guys now in their 20s, they don't know how to work. No one wants to hire them. They're lazy bums. They're people out of control. It's excess in everything, right? I, yeah, guys down in their 30s who aren't working jobs because they're playing Xbox all day. Okay, those are, that's problematic. And Xbox isn't a problem. The problem is the excess in those things. And so, so I, again, I, I hope you see, we have to engage our children. We have to be intimately involved in our children. You should know them better than anyone else. And as you see these things, don't ignore them. They do not go away. They become ingrained, and it's much harder. For some of us, we're going to raise husbands and wives who are a nightmare because we've never helped them control that flesh. Okay? And the Bible's got lots to say. The whole book of Proverbs is about wise living. And, and it, you're going to see at the end of this, it, it comes down to controlling by God's grace and God's spirit this flesh. Okay? Uh, there's another verse along with it that goes in line with that. Proverbs 25, 16. Hast thou found honey? Eat so much as is sufficient for thee, lest thou be filled therewith and vomit it. What great words. <laughs> I mean, that, you see the picture? Man, honey's good. It's wonderful. Eat what you need to eat. Don't quit, keep filling yourself with it lest you throw up. Okay? I love what the, the, the writers of Proverbs, it's fantastic wisdom. And the idea is that's enough. Say no. It was good. Don't gorge yourself on it. And we got to watch that. And it's not just in food. It's in lots of things. It's in TV, computer, the phone, in sports sometimes. Okay? you got to be in tune with your kids, man. And, and listen, you got to be living for not just what's convenient now, but for the future. You want to raise men and women who love Christ, who have self-control in their life, who, who display the fruit of the Spirit. This is part of that. Okay? Um, where are we at here? Uh, do they show discretion? Proverbs 10, 19. In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. And again, this is, you know, this is by age, right? Because when they're younger, of course, they don't have discretion. But as you watch how they speak and how they interact, and this is more, i got to be honest with you, it's probably more complicated with three boys in my house, right, for discretion. We, we say things sometimes that, mm, you know what, we're guys. And, and Kim has got to be out of the way and out of the room. And this is, okay, but, but, but for some of the boys, we have to say, listen now, wait a minute. Okay, that could be crude or whatever, but don't talk that way, all right, when there's girls around. Don't, don't, we don't, 
we don't do those things. Um, you have to have discretion. You have to have wisdom. There are things that you should not be doing. And you say, well, that's hypocrisy. I, I don't know if it's hypocrisy. Maybe it is. I don't know. But boys are different, man. They're, they're weird, all right? They're just they're weird. They run around the house. It's weird, okay? Um, but they have to have discretion. And, and you should be watching. If the kid just talks and says whatever he wants to say, that's not always good. You've got to control those things, okay? Um, it's going to get in trouble. Do they show discretion? Do they think before they act? Proverbs 18.13 and then 19.2. He that, heareth, he that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame of him. Okay, that's for all of us, but that's a good thing to look for. The 19.2. Also that the soul be without knowledge, it is not good, and he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. Right. It's just, it's just doing stuff without thinking, man. And again, someone says childish, and we understand that, but as they get older, we need to be more involved in their life. Say, wait a minute, this, what you're doing is it's not wise living. Okay? And then finally, are you training them to live wisely? And here's the key for this, this idea of wisdom and instruction. And again, it's for us as well as our children. But let's, look, let's compare Proverbs 16.32 and then 25.28. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that rules his spirit and he that takes the city. Self-control. It's, it's ruling your spirit. And listen, you see this in your kids at the age of two. You see it earlier than two. With an arched back, right? I mean they're out of control at times, right? It's a bad deal. They've got to be brought... We have to lovingly give them limits and guidelines so they, they can learn how to control themselves. Okay? Eric? Um, I, I looked at myself, too, just more recently. They love and discretion, but I see myself also forcefully. Mm-hmm. Where I'll use difficult words. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're just being stupid. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Where it could sound not like, <clears throat> but I'm trying to make a, a, I'm trying to avoid a disaster. Sure. And, and I'm going to go in there a little bit more forceful. Is it still lovingly? I hope so. Yeah. And Eric, I think part, right. And I think part of that is lovingly doesn't mean something. I sugarcoat everything I, I say either, right? There are, there are times that I say things that are harsh. They seem harsh. I think the key to that is, for, and for my boys, um, I have said things. Well, I say things to people sometimes that I can't believe they stay in church. Um, honestly, I, I, I have had conversations with some people that I think I can't believe you stay here after what I said. But I get away with that with them because they know I love them, and they know I've invested in them. And so I think with our kids too, there comes a time when I have, I have got to say, listen. I'm, I'm trying to avoid a disaster with what you're doing here. And I can be a little more animated in those things. I think the key to that is having that relationship, knowing that I love you. I, I say this, this was for AJ, and you can ask him today. I, I, I say to AJ all the time, do you, do you know why I'm passionate about this? And he would say, yes, because you love me passionately. We had the conversation on the way to Joanne's house one time. Do you remember? And um, we're going out to dinner there, and, and we had this conversation, and it got to where Kim was tapping my leg. That's what she does. She didn't say anything. She just taps my leg like, whoa, take it down a notch. And, and uh, then I get, I've, <laughs> I've learned over years, okay, okay. And then I said to AJ, I said, do you know why I'm passionate? Because he was doing some stupid stuff. He was stupid. And, and um, so there is a difference. If that's my demeanor all the time, it's problematic, right? I got issues. Um, but there is a time when love says, wait, I need to shake you up a little bit because I care enough about you and I don't want to see you destroy your life. Certainly. Right, Deb? I think we have to be careful, too, when we're so frustrated with the situation at hand. You just want to, you know, make contact with the kid. Mm-hmm. So you say things that you really don't mean, but you just want to shock them. 
Right. I've done that. And I, I'm sorry for it, too. You know, because I still remember things I've said to well, the camera. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> well, don't start that now. That's just all hard to You know, and uh, not, nothing really mean. No, but sure. All parents do it. Right. I want to take that back. Right. You know? Right. And it's frustration. And that's, and that's why I'm telling you this parenting thing is not just for your kids, it's for us. There's no one's going to frustrate you more than your children, frustrate you more. And we've all done that. I mean, it's well, not just like... I, I did it the other day. I, told, I, did, I did a couple weeks with David. Mm -hmm. It's like, that was so stupid. I should have never said that to you. Right? It's good for us, though. It, that's the gospel. The gospel says, I'm, I'm a sinner, I blew it. Ken and Joanne? Well, go No, you go first. You, you. I'm just going to say, sometimes the older one, it's the younger ones that tantalize the older ones. Oh, sure. So it's not always the older one's fault, but the older one gets to blame for hitting the little one. Right. But the little one needs it more than the big one. Exactly right. And that's discretion. That's a parent being involved and in asking the right question, saying, wait a minute, okay, I saw you clock your brother. Now, what did the younger brother or sister do to you, right? But, and that's dealing with a big issue. You're exactly right, Ken. Michelle, or, um, <laughs> she wanted all these nice necklaces, which was good. But Michelle, she come along, she was 10 years younger. She was, when Sandy was 16, 17, she was 10, mm -hmm. 6. So she'd get in there and break her necklaces. Right. So then Sandy'd come running to me and say, Michelle broke my necklaces. Well, I don't blame her for being mad. Right, absolutely. So no, that's right. Exactly right. And that's parenting. Mm -hmm. That's parenting. Exactly right. That's right. Right. And and that's true. And that's and that's and that's what it means to be engaged in your kids and ask the right questions and not just say, for the love of peace, just shut up. It's dealing with the whole issue. Absolutely. Good, Joanne. I just want to say, like, I screwed up many times with my girls. Mm -hmm. But the key when you mess up is to fess up. Absolutely. And so many parents have so much pride. <clears throat> They will not say to their child, well, right. I did such and such and that was wrong. Right. Sorry, I, I asked forgiveness. Right. They won't do it. I've seen so many parents who mm -hmm. refuse to do that, and their children are just out in the world now. Well, and their kids oh. know. Their kids understand. They're, our kids aren't stupid. They know when we've done wrong, and they know when we don't want to apologize for it. Um, so this, this, this idea of this illusion of being perfect is a joke because we're not. Right. And again, that's gospel living. We'll talk more about this gospel living. Good. All right, and the last verse to, to in line with this, this living wisely. Who's at the last reference, 25? Travis? He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Yeah. Listen, you know, that's not what you want for your children. You want them to be able to rule over their spirit. And, and what we do is we, in wisdom, right, we try to impart self-control by helping them lovingly set limits. We do it by using rules, guidelines, rewards, and corrections to bring them up into maturity. And so we have to be in tune with the Lord. And we've got to be in, you should pray and have wisdom and say, Lord, help me develop a plan to help my child. Okay? It's important. So, so that's about discipline today. The truth is, the goal is we want them to live a life that pleases God and, and live wisely. And they can't do it without self-control. And that's our job. That's what we're doing. We're trying to help bring them into maturity. And it's work. It's effort. But it's worth it. It's worth it. All right? Any questions, comments on that? I, Eric? I try to emphasize future thinking. Just naturally, young kids and teenagers, even biologically, cannot and will not think future. Right. It's hard for them. They're living for Friday. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm 
forcing them, you know, if you do this with your husband, I'm going to get a call from your husband and give me trouble. Right, no. Or if you do this in high school or, or university, you're going to get in trouble. Absolutely. Stop that now. And it's loving them enough to say, wait a minute, we're not thinking about today. I'm thinking about 10 years down the road, right? Um, and, that, and that, again, it's relationship with our children. It's living honestly in front of them. It's living the gospel out in front of them. All these things come into play. And so it's not just about, I'm trying to raise my kids right. No, it's, it's about God doing a, a work in our entire family. And it's a beautiful thing. It is. We just have to be honest about it and let him do a work in our hearts as well. Okay? All right. Well, let's get ready to go into church and... Have a good time.